Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. When your money's on the line, choose a trusted sports book that gives you tools to win, like MyBookie. At MyBookie, it doesn't matter if your team is up or down. You can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side. Use my bookie for daily odds boosts, same game parlays, and take advantage of huge prize pool contests. Every single sack, fumble, and touchdown is another chance to hit payday. To get started, go to mybookie.ag and on your first deposit, use promo code TSUS to grab a deposit match up to $1,000. Try the MyBookie money bag to grab a potential Super Bowl front runner at long shot odds. Plus 38,000 on the Eagles and Chiefs. You won't find odds like that anywhere else. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players. And you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at prize picks they also have a slick easy to use mobile app both on the app store and google play they're rated 4.8 stars in the app store with rave reviews so many fans and listeners of the spurs up show have made tons of money with our friends at prize picks and you should as well so again go download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com and when you do use that promo code ts U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. going on my man i appreciate you taking the time oh man it's uh another great weekend of football coming excited to join you on a friday i want to tell everybody out there you want to know how you've made it right you want to know a sign that you've made it when you're giving speeches at the museum of art that's when you know <laughs> i don't know if there is a more congratulations by the way but i don't know if there is a more hey guess what you made it then you're over there talking about success while like there's a monet in the background or like some some panther that was made of like half cut Pepsi cans by like Picasso's cousin or something. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to document the, the the fine pieces of art that we see in Colombia. I'm sure it'll be a, a like, good time. I, I've Chris never Phillips. I've never been to the Museum of Art, so uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what. <laughs> I'm curious to see. Hope everything doesn't wake up at midnight. Yeah, seriously, seriously, Jake. Again, it's it's great to have you, my friend. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Let's get right into it. Let me first ask you this, because obviously you're a big-time gambler. You give picks, I feel like, on the daily, and you do really good at it. Because when you talk about the South Carolina-Florida game, did you notice, I'm not sure if you paid close enough attention to it, because obviously you're surveying the entire entire college football landscape, but I think it's really interesting when lines immediately open on Sundays, and then right before kickoff, the line movements, I feel like that's what comes in from the Sharps, right? The public puts their bets yep. in during the week, what have you. But the Sharps, they get it in either right when it opens or right before kick. And I say that because, you know, you saw the line in that game go from literally South Carolina as a two or two and a half point favorite to at kickoff. Jake, Florida was favored mm -hmm. by a point in that game. Either way, I digress. South Carolina, Florida, a thrilling game. If you take the fandom out of it, a great college football game. Obviously, Gamecocks fall in heartbreaking fashion, giving up a 10-point lead with five minutes to go. And, and we knew, Jake, in this game, for one side, it was going to be jubilation and hope and optimism for what their season could be. And on the other side, it was going to be heartbreak and despair. And that's exactly what we got, I think, when you look at the fan bases of Florida and South Carolina. First off, did you notice the gambling trends at all in that one? And then yeah. what you saw from the game on Saturday? Yeah, well, you know, we, we obviously we we bet on it every day, uh, degenerate and, and all. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you see it, it. It's amazing how it gets molded right instantly. Like the line comes out, um, then all of a sudden the sharps hit it. Then throughout the week, you know, the public gets on it. Where are you going with it? Sorry, I'm having some trouble with my hat here. I'm just going to keep adjusting it. Um, but that's that's just just them kind of narrowing in uh, the focus of it. I like to grab some of them early. I instantly make a parlay when the new lines come out uh, before they kind of get bet down. It's always interesting to see where they start and then where they end. But listen, when it comes down to Vegas and, and these lines, it's incredible. They get you know me and my brother think they have two 
you know, twins at the bottom of a casino in a pool with like avatar tails, like hooked together that can see the future. Um, but man, I, that game, it feels like one South Carolina had to have, like if, if you wanted to be able to, to at least, you know, finish out the year with a lot of momentum, get close to where you were last year, you know, now sitting at two and five, I believe with a tough trip to Missouri, just seemed to me like you had two teams that won Florida on the road, struggled a ton. Uh, now, look, they caught some breaks. I mean, the tip pass, we can go through it. But there was multiple reasons South Carolina lost that game. And it seems like, like to this point, right, South Carolina kind of is who they've looked like most of the year. Spencer Rattler, I thought, played pretty well, gave them a chance. That There's just such a narrow path for South Carolina to win games. Spencer Rattler has to go off. They need to catch a few breaks on defense, catch a few breaks on special teams or score some points. Just bad up front, man. I mean, Graham Mertz, not, not like they just ran it down y'all's throat. Y'all said, we're going to try and take the runaway, whether that means stacking the box or doing movements up front and make Graham Mertz beat us. And Graham Mertz beat you. It just, it's one of those things, man. I think Graham Mertz has been one of the biggest surprises in the country when it comes down to the quarterback position. But you feel like South Carolina... Their level of talent and Florida's level of talent is a lot closer than some of these other games they're about to play. Mm-hmm. And it was at home. So, man, tough loss. You know, and I'm not I'm not going to come on here and be like, I said five and seven. Y'all want to burn my house down again this year, <laughs> right? Look outside. South Carolina fans, there's, there's pitchforks and torches and screams and negative things. But I'm telling you, man, it just – and I hate it. You know, I, I don't dislike South Carolina, but it just it seems like they kind of are who a lot of us thought they'd be. Jake, the secondary play is stunning to me. Uh, of all the things that's gone wrong with Carolina, you know, I, I was right there with you in the sense that I didn't pick five and seven, obviously, but you know, I, I thought six and six very well could happen. I, I thought six and six was more than more likely than eight and four. To be totally transparent with you, and it's why I labeled eight and four as the best case scenario for South Carolina. I think a lot of folks uh, were not too thrilled with that. There were a lot of Gamecock fans out there picking a nine and three season or what have you. But of all the things that have happened with this football team, of how it's unfolded. You know, the the level Spencer Rattler's played at, I'm surprised it's quite as high as it is, but we knew he was capable. This secondary, at the midway point of the season, ranking dead last in yards per game allowed, I would have never guessed that. I would have just never guessed that. Look, playing bad's contagious, man. Like, I don't think a lot of people realize that, like, you're like, man, how does this team, like, on one hand, you're like, how does this team keep punching above their weight? Well, playing good's contagious. You know, if you play good long enough as a position group, that starts rubbing off on other people. Or you start kind of not catching breaks, but earning those breaks. Playing bad's the same way. Like, man, we can't stop the run. We can't rush the passer. But if we can't stop the run or rush the passer, you know, I mean, what's the whole point of defending these guys for seven seconds? And all of a sudden, and, and you typically see it with teams that have really bad offenses, but good defenses. Like the defense breaks down throughout the year because at some point that reality sets in of we can go out here and play great and the offense still sucks. Like at the beginning of the year, you're like, you know what? We'll be a defensive team. We'll win six to three. We'll win every game nine to three. Then you go out there and you're losing games, you know, 10 to seven, and like 13 to, to 10, where you're playing good. It's just gravity. So not that, that, to make an excuse, oh, the DBs are playing bad because everybody else is playing bad. But playing bad is contagious. 
And I think, too, you know, we, we put all the blame on the secondary, but, Jake, it really does. It goes back to the conversation of winning in the trenches. I mean, I think one of the reasons South Carolina can't can't stop anybody through the air is they can't get a pass rush. And, I mean, I don't care if it's Graham Mertz or who it is, you give anybody four to five seconds to throw the football and, yeah, bad things are going to happen. doesn't matter. Like, yeah. At there, this there, level, no, at this level. There's no, yeah, there's no DB. There's no are. DB that can hold up with that much yeah. time to throw. Um, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's... The week that has been, Jake, normally we're not worrying about kind of what's happened on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, but like this has been a week from hell for Gamecock Nation. I, I don't think that's putting it like I, I don't think that's over exaggerating from I mean, the loss was demoralizing enough. Then you got another Shane Beamer presser going viral on, on Saturday after the game. Is he taking accountability? Is he blaming his players? Whatever. Then Tuesday, the broken foot thing. Then Wednesday, it's more broken foot stuff with we find out it's a Gatorade cooler. Like, have you ever seen a week like this for a college football team? I mean, it just feels like it's one thing after another after another, and it's this snowball effect of, like, what's going to happen next? You know what I mean? Like, what what, what piece of news is going to come out next? You're just overall thoughts on the week that has been. I know you put out a video, obviously, on, on the Beamer broken foot thing, and it's it's really wild. Like, you knew that was going to be a story. But that became like a national viral story. You know what I mean? So uh, what your thoughts on just like what's going on, some of the turmoil surrounding South Carolina football this week? Well, again, when it rains, it, it pours. Kind of some of the point I just made. It, it seems that, that bad things typically go together. You know, if you're on the other end of it, this is what I was talking about. And, you know, if South Carolina is sitting here at five and two and, and Shane Beamer breaks his foot at practice because he got mad, a bunch of people are like, you see? That's why we win. The head coach cares that much. The attention to detail. He was so pissed they didn't have red Gatorade. He broke his foot kicking into practice. That's the difference. It's just you're a product of, 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 of what's going on, right? It, it seems like they say sunlight's the best disinfectant. Well, when it's not going good, everything you say, which I don't think Shane should, should have said that after the game. Right. I I don't think you ever make it seem like even if the players didn't run, I'm sure they didn't run what he wanted. It doesn't help you. That doesn't help the team. The buck always stops with you. Uh, I just think it's it's been a tough week, but you know what can turn it around? You go beat Missouri, then all of a sudden now everybody's happy again. It's 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 just ways to get through the week where you're upset because the way the team's playing, 
All right, maybe the coach didn't say the perfect thing, so then you hang on to that to be able to release some anger from that. It's just how it's just how it is. You're you're a product of the of the times that you're in. But can I say something real quick, Chris? Can I say something? I'm looking yeah. here uh, here in the chat real quick. John Edward Kruger said, "Jake, I'm not going to come in and brag, but brags anyway." Bruin H said, "I knew it would be as soon as he said it." The year's not over yet. I have learned not to put anything past South Carolina figuring out that at the end of the year. But I'm going to tell you guys something. After the excuse me, the shit that y'all gave me last year about South Carolina when I picked them to go six and six or five and seven, and they didn't, and I had to listen for a whole offseason. Buddy, if they go five and seven, I'm gonna come in here every single time and remind you about it. Cause I had to live with it for a year. For a year. So don't get it twisted. If you're gonna dish it out, you best believe you're gonna take it when when it's on the other end. But there's still a long way to go. So I'm not saying I was right. Because no one's Shane Beamer in South Carolina. They'll go win out and then win a bowl game. So I'm just saying, just be be easy with that. You're playing both sides of it. You're the same one that got mad at me making a joke about Miami's the only team people are rooting for to take a knee on a football field for. How you got mad about that, I still got people talking about it. And to your point, Jake, you know, I, I I don't know if you've seen, but I've gone on record and I'm not expecting you, Jake, to to understand or to back me up on this because I know that you're you're locked in at Mizzou minus six and a half. Good bet. I'm picking South Carolina to win straight up. Wouldn't shock and, me. And a lot of it is for the reasons you just mentioned. And I even said this, right? Like I'll tell any Mizzou person, like, listen, I can't give you a ton of football reasons why South Carolina is going to beat Missouri. I really can't. I, I just like I think Missouri, I don't think they're a product of some years past, right? They've played a soft schedule and we kind of like overhype them. I think Mizzou is actually like, they're legit. Like this is a really, really good Missouri football team. Drinks done a hell of a job. Brady Cook is for real. He's in his own. Yeah. That one-two dynamic duo of Luther Burden and Theo Weiss Jr. is legitimate on the outside. Pete Schrader at running back. Like you just keep going in that nasty defense they have, which I don't know if the D has been quite as good as I thought it'd be, but still, you look across the board, They've got studs everywhere. But it just seems like to me, I've just got this weird gut feeling. It's like when everything's going against South Carolina, all the turmoil, all the everything that's come out this week. And I know no matter how you feel about the broken foot thing, Jake, I come back to this. No matter how you feel, South Carolina's football team in the Shane Beaver era has found a way to rally around stuff like that, right, wrong, or indifferent. They just, they found a way. Now, does that mean they're going to win tomorrow? We'll see. I, I think South Carolina is very capable of losing this game by three scores. But I just have this funny feeling that when it seems so obvious, the Gamecocks are for dead. And then I look at the spread. Then I look at the spread, Jake. And I'm like, it, like, why is this game only at six and a half? I feel like this is so – this should so easily be a double-digit spread, and it's not. You know, I could be dead wrong, and I fully have accepted that, but – this just feels like one of those spots where Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks just do what feels like the unthinkable or unfathomable, and they rally the troops, circle the wagons, what have you, and and get the job done. Yeah, look, this is a, a betting, and and I took that in Missouri because it, I, I thought it was low. You know, I, th- I don't think the over, honestly, would be a bad play in this game either. Missouri I've got the over. The I've got the over. Yeah, Missouri against the pass is, is not very good. But, but again, you're exactly right. I've watched South Carolina do this before, where it's like, all right, they're bad. It's a disaster. Back the FEMA trailers up. Like, it's it's over. They're cooked. And then they come out, and you're like, oh, my God. They just beat the hell out of Tennessee. 
And then Clemson, like I've watched them do this before. So nothing would surprise me. But with Missouri, I will say this. I don't think Missouri's had enough success to overlook anybody. Uh, I think they realize that they're still in the hunt halfway past the halfway point throughout the season. And one of the things, if I was a Missouri fan, that I would take the most solace in is that not only did you just go beat Kentucky on the road by 17 points, you beat Kentucky on the road by 17 points, and your best player really didn't do anything in Luther Burden. So I, I think Missouri, they are vulnerable because I don't think their personnel level is as, is as good um, as as – the, the the top teams right as as Georgia and and I I think right now roster wise that they're somewhat close to Tennessee I think Tennessee has more depth but this Missouri team man they're dangerous they just got pieces but if there's any weakness they have it's defensively against the pass and if anybody can exploit that it's Spencer Rattler the one man band uh, it just feels like maybe one of those spots like all right Shane y'all running a kickback or what like when. When is it happening? Like, it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Is it this game? I don't know. What time is that game? What time 3 30. 3.30 Eastern. God, 2.30 Central. Fan. You were rooting on 11 o'clock. Yeah. Like, come on, 11 o'clock in Missouri. I, I mean, what's I, doing picking apples? To that point, Jake, I think either this week or next week. It, it will not stun me if we see it happen because you get the 11 o'clock kick in College mm -hmm. Station. And, I mean, Texas A&M, I, I don't even know where they're at mentally or what have you. There's some Aggie fans on social media. That, Texas A&M's the guy from Split. Yeah. <laughs> they There's some Aggie fans that want South Carolina to win the game to get Jimbo out of there quicker. So that kind of tells you where they are. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, back to your point about Rattler, man. It, it, it does, too. The other reason I, I look at this game, it feels like at some point if it keeps coming down to quarterback battles, at some point, one of them is going to go Rattler's way. Like I, and it's and it's a. I know you've talked about this, Jake. It's such a shame because I watch South Carolina football and I look up in the third quarter and Rattler's like twelve for twelve for one fifty two touchdowns. I mean, he's literally perfect, and the game is tied. And I'm like, the game's tied. Like, yeah, it it's insane to watch right now because it's, it, it, yeah. You're gonna look back I, again. I, I, I've got I've garnered so much respect for Spencer Rattler, and, and we've talked about this multiple times. But I'll say it again: the two most important players to their teams in college football are both in a state with Carolina in the last name. It's Spencer Rattler, and it's Drake May. I'm just, so with that Spencer Rattler, who knows, Chris? Who knows where this team is? Because the man is is literally, and this isn't saying nobody else has played well. We we've seen other guys. I know Juice Wells has been hurt too, but man, I mean Spencer is literally carrying this team. Not even just offensively. There's times where they're just getting gashed so bad defensively. Like we got to score, got to score. Spencer, create, create something. Put in the etch a sketch. So now I'm with you, man. Like it's you would think, but other teams know that too. I mean, it's it's almost to the point where it's like, all right, Spencer's going to get his. Let's just take care of everything else, and we'll win the game. And a pivotal game at that, Jake, certainly. I mean, again, that that four-game losing streak in Missouri hangs over the heads of Gamecock fans, and it's so funny, Jake. It's one of those streaks where, you know, I remember being at SEC Media Days this summer, and I, and I had people in my mention saying that, you know, Gamecock fans saying that, I, I don't care if Missouri beats us again this year. We're still better than Missouri. It's one of those streaks where it's like the team that loses every year can't fathom that they're not the better team, if you will. Yeah. Um, which that's obviously that plays well on Twitter, but it doesn't. Why play is it well called the, the Mayor Cup? 
Yeah, the Mayor's Cup. I, I genuinely what, I, what? I, that makes no like why is it not like both, the same name game? Yeah, or the Columbia or something. Yeah, they're both know. Columbia. They're both in Columbia, I guess. And the Mayor's, I, I don't really know, man. It's it's one of those can't, can't trust forced, the mayor, man. It, it's one of those weird forced trophies. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, wow, what a good, what an original name. Great job. Yeah, yeah indeed. Um, last thing on this game, though, you've got Mizzou minus six and a half. What do you think the difference is? I mean, do you just look at the South Carolina defense and say there's no way to get a stop? Again, I've I've locked in Jake over 59 and a half. I, I just see no way. Yeah, and I don't, it, I, what's I, interesting, the under in this series, Jake, the under in this series is nine and two with the average points per game between the two teams being scored at 46. That's going to get shattered. I, in no way does that hold up. But what stands out to you about Mizzou, the matchup as a whole, why you're going with Mizzou minus six and a half and obviously taking the Tigers to win? The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code SPURSUP for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP, S-P-U-R-S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. GameTime is the best ticket-buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Because I think Missouri's multidimensional on offense, and I, I think South Carolina is a one-trick pony, and, and it's a hell of a trick with Spencer Rattler. But over four quarters, you have a lot better chance to score more points if you can do more things better uh, offensively. And and on the opposite end of that, if you're this Missouri defense may not be the best, especially against the pass, but if you only do one thing well, eventually there are going to be stops. I think Missouri, with the home field advantage and their ability to just move the ball at will through the air and on the ground, and I wonder if South Carolina is at a point now where when it starts going bad during the game, 
you know, how bad is it going to go? Is it all right? Well, you know, so what's that show with Mandy Moore on ABC? Like, this is us. This is us. Right? This is who we are now. So I, I don't know mentally how that team is. Shane does a really good job of, of you know, keeping that locker room together. But going on the road, there's a lot of momentum in Como right now. If it gets bad early, especially with the way that that Missouri got up against LSU and let them come back. Now, LSU on offense, that's a totally different animal. I think they're the best offense in the country. But, you know, if it starts rolling downhill, can South Carolina be able to rein it back in? But uh, I, I just think Missouri overall right now is the better team. I feel like they, they can attack South Carolina in, in, in more ways. And South Carolina is so pigeonholed offensively that Spencer can go out there and play an elite game and they can still lose by two touchdowns. On a bit of a side note, Jake, before we get in these other games, you know, a lot of talk earlier this week over the last couple of weeks about transfer portal NIL because when you're losing games, I think people are starting to look at that and say, you know, how to improve the football team, obviously. And the question of the question I have for you is this, and I'm not sure if there's really a defined answer because every situation is different, obviously, but like we know coaches' leashes aren't as long as they used to be, right? Like, coaches aren't getting six or seven years to build a program. Shane Beamer himself went on record and said, I know there's no six-year building plan, what have you. How long do you feel like – What what's a fair – is there a, a defined fair amount of time for a coach to, to build a program up to a certain level in the transfer portal NIL era? Because we're seeing some programs, rosters are being flipped what feels like overnight – uh, results are being flipped overnight, what have you, others not so much. Like, is it is it as simple as to say, well, in the transfer portal NIL era, you should have it rolling by year blank? Or is it dependent on the situation more? So, like, how do you yeah. do that? Because, again, fan patience certainly has decreased since the transfer portal NIL era, I think, has uh, mm -hmm. has begun. Yeah, well, I mean, society, it's 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 not a, what have you done for me lately? It's, it's what are you doing for me literally right now? Um Here's what I think. I think it's circumstantial. I think it's a lot different if you take over at a place like LSU as opposed to taking over a place like FIU. You know, how 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 well, you know, or how op, how easy is it to operate, you know, the, the operation for lack of a better term and how quickly how many resources do you have? How quickly can you can you can you get it back going? That depends on where you're at. Now, if I had to put a blanket number on it, with the transfer portal and say, what would be the my mean, right? Or the the year I would say this is the minimum, the minimum number of years it would take at most places, and then the maximum number of years it would take at a big time place. I would still say it's three, right? The rule of, of thumb was three because it's not just bringing in great players, right? Obviously, you want to bring in great players. Now, through the transfer portal, you can bring in great players that aren't in high school that don't have to really develop and they've played at this level. But culture takes time to build. And that, that's, a, that's a word that, that a lot of people throw out. Oh, culture, culture. It's like a, one of those buzzwords. But it's a real thing. Like culture takes time. It's great leaders teaching great young players how to become great leaders. And it's the foundation your house is built on. So when the players come and go, that culture stays there. It doesn't matter what color the drapes are. You're still kicking somebody's ass or what color the paint is on the outside. So I would say three years. And I would think now with the transfer portal, in reality, it's probably two at places that, that are big brand places or places that, that can show they can win. That's why I kept saying when Prime was doing what he was doing at Colorado, every head coach in the world was like, oh my God, here we go. Now they're going to expect us to be just awesome right out of the gate when just using the transfer portal. 
So I think the biggest detriment in Shane Beamer's tenure so far right now, and listen, South Carolina's not, I can go ahead and tell you, South Carolina's not going to be top five in recruiting every year. That's not going to happen. It's just not, it may happen once once in a while. Not that it's impossible, but, but South Carolina has to be able to get in offensive linemen and defensive linemen by this time that can help them compete at, at the other places. That's been the biggest detriment. That's no secret. Y'all know that. South Carolina's offensive line, for lack of a better term, they're not good enough at football. Like, that's just the truth at this level, right? And that doesn't mean there aren't group of five players that can come over and play at this level. South Carolina just didn't get a lot of them, right? Defensive line, rushing the passer. It's not good enough for where they're at right now. And Shane knows that, and he's going to try and fix it. And the minute that gets fixed, everything else will start coming together. But if you can't get that right, you're not going to win. This is a game that is won and lost up front, and it will always be that way. Yeah, I just think it's an interesting conversation, Jake, because you sit in year three of the Beamer era. I look at Arkansas and year four of Pittman, and I just I, I wonder, like, when is the right time to raise the red flag? You know what I mean? Like, like when is it? When do you start worrying that? And I'm not saying I'm even near this area with Shane Beamer. Obviously, I, I'm just surveying the college football landscape and after again, three is when yeah. i'd start to get worried but then again look it happens on different look at Dabo. there's a great example they're ready to fire him into the sun shoot him right past icarus he's melting but then all of a sudden <laughs> you know what happens so look you don't you don't want to skin you don't you don't want to get rid of a coach too early i say three years and then all of a sudden, I thought what Michigan did and what Nebraska did was great. You know what they did? They walked in there. Michigan said, hey, Jim, listen. Man. Come here. Look at me. Jim, listen. We're going to need some of that money back unless you start winning. And they got some of that money back, and then he started winning. Now, it helped Urban Meyer left. It helped Urban Meyer left. But with Scott Frost, Nebraska did the same thing. They're like, Scott, you're a great player. We love you. Like, we we have your your trophies all in here. Um, But, like, you got to start winning, or we're not going to give you all this money. So I, I I think it's coming. Damn, John, five years, five years. All right, you're a you're a you know what? As a guy who coached for a long time, you're a great fan, bro. Coaches <laughs> love fans that think five. I years. mean, Jake, a- admittedly to John's point, I said the day Beamer was hired, they had to give him five minimum. They had to lock in for the long run. Like, I, and, and I get that. I as get long that. as he's as long as he's making bowl games each of those years, having enough momentum to stack quality recruiting classes. But this also actually, uh, Jake, takes me to something else that I'm to the point, I'm just going to stop looking at national recruiting rankings because in the SEC, you can rank 15th nationally in recruiting. And it's like this ego stroke, right? Like, look how great we're doing in recruiting. It's like, you're ninth in the SEC in recruiting. Like, who gives a damn? Like, you're making no progress. Everybody's recruiting good. Yeah, you're you're making no progress. It's it's crazy. I want to say this, though. I want to say this, though. Like it's South Carolina, like I, I don't know. I feel like y'all y'all are better than that. I feel I feel like y'all and you don't want to keep getting rid of coaches every three years. That that's not what I'm saying. You get in that Tennessee cycle, right? We've seen that a million times. Uh, and then you kind of go into the dark ages for a little bit. But five, like look, if I'm if I'm South Carolina and and I'm making the decisions, if if it keeps going downhill here, you here uh year three, you go in there and talk with Beamer and say, Listen, year four, this is a big year. This is a real, this is a, and it's tough because Spencer Rattler's gone, right? Like you, you may have, you may have uh, fixed some other holes, but Spencer Rattler's gone. So like 
Five years. That's I, I'm just not used to the standard being like that. Like I, I'm used to look and if it, if we're two if if South Carolina finishes four and eight, we still gonna say five years. Like you still gonna to, say five years? To John's point, I, and I'll say this too though. From the energy, I, I think John is a very level-headed, realistic Gamecock fan. There's a reason he and I get along so well. But yeah, and I'm not saying he's wrong. The, I'm not saying he's the wrong. Energy, from the energy, I can tell you this, Jake. From the energy I have felt from the Gamecock fan base over the last mm -hmm. couple of weeks, starting with the loss to Tennessee, and how hungry this fan base is to get back to what Steve Spurrier had this program at. I think if South Carolina is still a five and seven, six and six program in 2025, year five. I, I don't I don't think he gets more than five years. That that's just that that is just my guess. That's and I'm yeah. not I, I don't I'm not saying that's going to happen. I think the way they're recruiting, they are bringing in those offensive linemen, defensive line. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying to your point, like it, it's it's one it's much easier said than done, right? It's it's so easy to be like For over sure. the off season we're going to get five, and then when you go through the week to week grind of losing, losing wears on you. Like, it does. A, it does. And, and I want to say yeah. this: I think Shane's going to figure it out. I, I think Shane is going to. I believe in Shane Beamer being successful at South Carolina, but I do think, I do think this next year. I mean, you know, it's no surprise. Every year is huge, but no, we got to let this year in first. You never know. South Carolina all of a sudden rattles off a bunch of wins in a row. You know, all of a sudden it's Shane Beamer. Here's the key to the city. Like <laughs> we 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 believe so. Uh, you know, I brought up the Dabo thing, and I, I see Carl just brought it up in the chat too. Yeah, like that's the thing. That's what makes it so hard. That that would that it, you got to let him run, get his run. You got to give him a chance to run the ground ball all the way out, and you got to wait until the last second to be able to really kind of you know make that decision because it's a hard decision. And I don't know, doesn't it just feel like in your gut it's gonna work out with Shane? Like just like instinctually, like it just feel it just. I don't know. I, I, right, man. But it felt right with Sam Pittman in Arkansas. That's the thing that scares you. Taking away, I know wins and losses is what matters. I'll just say this, Jake. I don't think there is a coach out there in college football that would give a better effort to get it done yeah. more yeah. than Shane Beamer. There's I nobody that's going to care more. There's nobody. Now, does that mean that he's the guy to get them back to 10-plus wins every year? I'm, I'm not saying, you know, who knows? Who knows? But yeah. I will say – I there's believe not in a, There's I not a guy that. out there who wants to do it more so, who is more determined to do it, who I think believes in South Carolina and what it can be versus what it's always been than Shane Beamer. So I, yeah. I think and and listen, maybe Beamer's the guy to get South Carolina to the guy. You see what I'm saying? But you know, that we'll, we'll have to wait it out and see. Let him get that spark here. Let him get that year you win 10 games. Yeah. I see that's the thing. But like to you your feel, point, think, no coach is immune to the effects of losing. No, no coach. No, I don't no. care how well, good the culture cures is. Winning everything nothing. and losing yeah. ails everyone. That's yeah. that's just the truth. Yeah. Now, Jake, the Week 8 slate in college football, a great slate of games. We'll keep it in the SEC. The third Saturday in October, Bama, Tennessee. I saw early in the week you locked in Tennessee in the points. I think it was around double digits, maybe nine and a half, something like that. Two great front sevens. Ooh, not, not me, not me, not me. I think that may have been Blaine. Was it Blaine? Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm wrong Crane. Game. My apologies. Wrong, wrong Crane. Uh, two great front sevens. I don't trust Joe Milton. I'm rolling with Bama at home. Your thoughts on this one? I, I love the under, too. I think this is a low-scoring ball game. Your thoughts on the third Saturday in October? Yeah, I'm with you. I think there's actually a lot of parallels in the Tennessee going to play Bama and Penn State going to play Ohio State. Uh, I, the reason I say that is what's Tennessee's big advantage. It's their front seven in the pass rush. 
against Alabama's offensive line. What's Penn State's biggest advantage? Is the front front seven and Chop Robinson them in the pass rush going up against an Ohio State offensive line that looks somewhat mortal. But I do not trust J. Uh, I don't trust Jalen Moreau, honestly, but I really don't trust Joe Milton uh, to be able to make the throws on third and medium and third and long to be able to extend drives. I don't think he can make the throws in the red zone that, to turn field goals into touchdowns. And I think I think they will get after Alabama offensively, uh, uh, you know, on defense for a while. But eventually that dam's going to break. Right. I, I think we've seen teams sack Bama. We've seen teams shut the rundown against Bama. But especially at home, it seems like Jalen Milrow at some point is going to be able to find somebody down the field. I just don't – this Tennessee team is the exact inverse of last year's team. They do not hit explosive plays. They're a defensive, grind it out on offensive team, try not to make too many mistakes on offense, and kind of beat you heavy, as we used to say. I don't think they can. I actually like Bama to cover this. I do like the under two, especially if it's at 48 and a half. Okay, I apologize. The wrong crane there. I thought it was oh, you. It's all good. It's all good. Look, I've locked in USC and Missouri. Those are the two. Fair enough. Uh, keeping it in the SEC, Jake, it, it feels like, and this isn't like a top of the radar type of game or anything, but in the SEC landscape, it feels like rubber meets the road in, uh, in, in Fayetteville for the Sam Pittman era. If you lose this one in Mississippi state, I mean, you get ready yeah. to burn it down. Right. I mean, I, it's kind of how it feels at this point. It's cripple fight. hundred percent cripple <laughs> fight. Um, pillow fight on TV. Without a doubt. Look, Arkansas needs this one. You talk about coaches that are, that are in trouble. Pittman's lost five in a row. And you lose this one. You look at the rest of that schedule. You got to go to Florida right after that. Then you get, you know, Auburn at home, which you should win. And then FIU at home. And then I think you you go to Missouri. Uh, needs needs this one bad. Mississippi State, I, I've been let down defensively by Mississippi State. I thought under Zach they'd be better. I was interested to see the transition with Will Rogers and, and this offense going from the air raid to more of a balanced system. And, you know, they got some pretty decent players over there, too. The Griffin's nice. You know, Woody Marks at running back is nice. Uh, Arkansas, returning KJ, returning Rocket, we kind of know who they are. I think they wiggled their way through this one uh, and find a way to win. But this is a game that uh, I I love. I'll watch, I'll watch some of it because I love football. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and I have to do it. Hey, we'll be we will be when it gets to the offseason, we will be wishing for an Arkansas. Oh, win. dude, I would I would literally get, you know, quick Eat kick, it up. swift kick in the groin to see Arkansas play FIU. Just please. By the way, Jay, this is a complete side note. JMU covered last night, correct? Wagon. Yeah. I wagon, took I, wagon, I finally, wagon. I finally, when I gave my gambling picks, I was like, I don't know hardly anything about Marshall, but you know what? It's one guy who's the best damn guy in the group of five. It's a shame they can't go to a bowl game. I'm just going to start cool. hammering JMU until I have no reason. Wagon. Dude, it's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's just free money. Legitimately. It's free. And you want to know what's crazy? Two best teams in Virginia, James Madison and Liberty. And it's not even close. It's not even close. Wagon. Jake, to the Plains, Auburn and Ole Miss. This is one, too. You look at the spread, six and a half. It smells kind of funny. Ole Miss comes off the bye week. They had a chance to get healthy, but – you know, we we feel like this is this is going to be a year where obviously Hugh Freeze and Auburn are able to get somebody. Is it is it this week? Can they keep up with Ole Miss? Can they make the defensive plays to win this football game? I just think they can't rush the passer. I don't see how you stop anybody when you can't rush the passer. I mean, you give Jackson Dard, who I think seeing seeing through intermediate defenders better, or at least seeing that they're there and not throwing the ball right to him like he did last year. I just don't trust Auburn's ability in the passing game over four quarters and, and pass rush ability. Jordan Hare, weird stuff happens. There's typically one or two games where Lane Kiffin's teams really don't play well against competition they're better than. Could it be this weekend? I mean, Ole Miss struggles at Auburn. Um, 
But uh, at the end of the day, uh, I just feel like Ole Miss is too much. I just feel like too much. Jake, finally, the rest of the college football slate, what stands out to you? Obviously, I know you just mentioned the headliner, Ohio State, Penn State. Cannot wait to watch that one. Uh, Clemson, Miami, another interesting game. Utah, Southern Cal. Yeah. What are you most excited to see this weekend? Man, I think this Clemson-Miami game has a chance to be really good. Uh, you know, Clemson doesn't have the best. I, apparently, they need to lose more so people get off the bandwagon. Per Dude, that was the maybe, dumbest maybe, thing I've maybe, ever maybe they'll, maybe they'll fulfill the promise. Why is it in the state of South Carolina that right when you get in a press conference, you just start Bro, saying, you just, it just, we're This vomit. week was crazy. I'm, I'm like, like I don't know what. everything. A, a mid-off is going on. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like, like, if somebody asks them, like, hey, your, your wife's in here. She wants to, she's pregnant. She wants to know, does she look fat? And they're like, yeah, for sure. For sure. She definitely looks fat. Dude, Dude, stop saying the truth all the time. Like it's it's like you know what I'm saying. Like I'm not saying lie, but come on, man. You know you you ain't gotta say everything that comes to your mind. But no, uh, this Miami defense I think is for real. Clemson doesn't have skill players that can really separate on the outside. I think it's gonna be low scoring. I think Kate actually makes a couple mistakes. I like Miami in that game. Uh, I like USC big over Utah. Uh, I think that's one to keep an eye on. I tell you a good bet. Toledo minus two at Miami Ohio. Uh, it's it's a Matchup of the two best teams so far in the MAC. We'll probably get a rematch this in the conference championship. But I'm telling you right now, Toledo's better than everybody else in the MAC. I don't care if it's on the road. I know Little Gabbert's played at that score for like 18 years. I don't think that would be a bad bet at all. Also, Memphis UAB over 61. Dude, that's is this? I looked at the weather. I'm just waiting for it to be like, oh, there's a tsunami that's gonna hit. Like in Birmingham, that's why it's so. But but no, I'm telling you, I don't think that's a bad bet. <laughs> Final thing, Jake, before we get you out of here, appreciate you being gracious with your time. What do you make of this Michigan stuff? It just feels like it's one thing after another. And I think you said the NCAA hates Michigan, right? What's going on? Well, it's like, okay, like, which one of y'all Jim Harbaugh bully in middle school? Like, it's to that point. Okay, sign stealing, everybody steals signs. Okay, from high school to college. It's across all sports, too. I mean, baseball, It's across all sports. We used to send guys during the bye weeks. Uh, to high school game, the one year I coached high school, to watch the other team and get their signals. Like, you have to keep changing your signals throughout the year and during the offseason. Because if that was so egregious, how could ever anybody, offense or defense, ever overcome one coach going from one school to another school that plays each other and he knows the signals? You'd never be able to recover. I mean, we saw Mike Leach use this against the team. I've seen coaches use sign stealing against the people stealing signs. I think this is because Harbaugh embarrassed the NCAA with the Burgergate thing, and he would always mock him, and then he used his suspension uh, as like a PR stunt to let his other coaches be head coach or bring his dad back, which just piled on the NCAA. The NCAA, they're like, they're like Jad Edgar Hoover's FBI. They have files on everybody, but they only select the people they don't like, and they go find the crime. Like That's what they do. They find the person they don't like, then they find the crime. That's what it seems like against uh, for Michigan right now. It's just, man, the NCAA sucks, dude. They're the worst. Like, I can't stand these guys. Like, I wish it was just one entity so we could, like, send our best fighter to, like, just go beat up the NCAA so just leave everybody alone. You know, like, real Cobra Kai situation. 
that's one thing I think, Jake, we can all agree on. The NCAA does indeed suck. So there you go. It's a good place to leave it. Jake Crane of Crane and Company does a fantastic job. Jake, who's the guest picker on Crane and Company this weekend? Man, we got Adam Brenneman, former Penn State tight end. Yeah, we want to get a former okay. player up. We did a real big deep dive into what Penn State does offensively, if they'll be able to find some explosive plays. Uh, so we're picking all the games. It's easy to find. It's Crane and Company, C-R-A-I-N and Company uh, on YouTube. And uh, yeah, man, picking all of them, throwing our bets out there. Uh, just, I'm excited, man. I'm, I got a good feeling about this weekend. Jake, you're the man. I appreciate you. We'll do it again next week. Thanks you, buddy. so much for your time. Y'all be good. Yeah, man. You too.